This is the Kairos Community Podcast, and today we'll be diving into the Parent University series. We have multiple guest speakers from the Kairos staff today to talk about bullying and how we can support students and families and also educate our, about the challenging topic. Our hope is that you feel empowered about how to have a conversation in your family and partner with our team in creating a culture of healthy community. Let's start with just a few introductions from our team. And so first we have Betsy. Hi, I am Betsy Madigan, and I am the Director of Student Services here at Kairos. And Patricia? I'm Patricia Hobbs. I'm the Foundations and Leadership Academy's coordinator here on the Elm campus. I am Marissa Hanneman, and I am the school counselor at Kairos and KISP. And I'm John Stebeck, our Operations and Accountability Coordinator. And I'm Carrie Peterson. I am a KISP advisor, and I'm also a parent at Kairos. I have three kids. One's graduated from Kairos now and is in ninth grade. He was also a KISP kiddo. And I have a current eighth grader and a current sixth grader. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And I think as we dive in today's topic, we know that the topic of bullying can be a really tough one. And there's so many different point of views um, and so many perspectives that can be taken. And we really want to make sure that as we're going through this conversation, we really understand that we are here to both educate, but then also support students and families who are going through these challenging times when it comes to challenging social dynamics in school. And I think um, a question that a lot of people have is what is bullying and what is conflict and how do we navigate these social dynamics? So Patricia, what are your thoughts? Do you have thoughts on how to define that? Yeah, um, so the, the first thing is definitely acknowledging, you know, the student's concern and acknowledging that name calling, hurtful words, roasting language, um, and all conflicts are really, really big ideas for kids and students to internalize these moments. This is also a really big deal and students are affected by this language. And <clears throat> so it's very important to understand the difference between the bullying and the conflict, whether it's true nature of bullying or whether it's just two peers having a conflict. Yeah. And it's my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, that bullying is something that's repetitive and it's a pattern and it's often one-sided um, and it's not this back and forth. I think both bullying and conflict are both really challenging things and students really struggle with both. Um, today we will be talking more about the bullying side of things um, but wanted to provide that information but I know Ms. Hanneman you deal a lot with supporting students um, with bullying and you can dive even deeper into the different types of bullying that you see and you hear about from, from kiddos and families. Yeah, there is three main different types of bullying that we see on campus that are affecting our scholars and our students. Um, Cyberbullying has definitely come bigger in the last couple of years with social media, online games, and we're seeing students play more video games or interact with social media at even a younger age than we have seen in the past, even starting like second, third grade, where they're having negative interactions online. Um, and this affects our older kiddos, of course, as well, where they have maybe something happen on the video game or on social media over the weekend or after school, and then it carries over at our school. So cyberbullying, we're seeing something 
we're seeing more of it in these recent years and unfortunately impacting our scholars. Um, physical bullying is how it sounds. It's bullying through physical contact. And then there's also verbal bullying, which is name calling, teasing, maybe some of that roasting, um, but it's where it's like repetitive and it is affecting a student. Um, so those are just some of the things that we're seeing affecting our scholars more and more recently. Um, and we're managing it and we'll be talking more about how we're managing it today in the podcast as well. Um, Thanks so much for the insight, Marissa. I think that is um, pretty telltale to know that there's so many different expressions of it. And, you know, our heart is that we would not see any of it. So it begs the question then, where do we think this conflict, this name calling and these hurtful dynamics might be coming from? I think it's really challenging because I do think that oftentimes our students who are doing a lot of the name calling or the bullying are coming from a place of pain. Um, and it's also coming from a place of them wanting to hold power and control, um, maybe because there's a part of their life where they feel like they don't have that power. And at school, they feel like they can um, move those dynamics around so that they are in control of the situation. Um, and so I think it's important to note that sometimes bullying is coming from a place of hurt. And so while we still need to hold these students accountable, I think also building that sense of empathy and understanding is also important for us to think through because these students are also kids, just like the kiddos are on the receiving end. And so we want to make sure that we're being sensitive to that. Um, and later on, we'll also talk about while they are still kids, they still do, do need to learn and have those accountability conversations with administrators and teachers. Um, but I think that's a big part of it. Carrie, what are your thoughts? I think as a parent, it's unfortunately, I think it is part of today's culture. Like Ms. Hanneman said, students are hearing it everywhere. The media and the shows they watch, they kind of have this tendency of glorifying name calling. And it's the kids do it almost as a way of comic relief. You hear, you hear the kids calling each other names on the blacktop. I definitely hear it when my kids are playing video games with each other. They're just, they just do it naturally. So depending on your kiddos and how they're responding, it's our job as parents and adults to help them when we see name calling go too far. Because sometimes they miss that, they're missing the cues. And so I really try to help my kids, hey, you know, I think that was probably a step too far. How do you think that made them feel to help them kind of internalize and see outside of themselves? I think that is exactly it. I, students are still developing, so they need our help to get them through those tough times and to talk about what has been going on. And we talked a lot in our last podcast about how students mirror what we do and what we say. And I think they're also mirroring what they see in social media and video games and television. And it just becomes part of their daily life. And then they're mirroring it because it is kind of glorified, like Carrie said. And it could also be they're trying to maybe get attention from their peers or adults. And so I think it's important that we help kind of guide our scholars or students or kiddos through those tough times as well. Yeah, it's such a complex phenomenon that bullying is. It's almost like it's morphing a little bit in our day and age. And it can be caused by so many different factors. So from a practical standpoint, how can parents 
help their children through this really tough time? Uh, well, for me as a parent, I think it's really important to speak to the speak to your kids about their day. You have to be their safe place, their role model, their confidant. Um, for me, it's as soon as the kids get into the car, you want to be their most comfortable person. Literally, I've had them get in the car and be like, oh, mom, I have tea to spill. You know, like, tell me what's been going on. And it's it's great, but it's taken a long time to kind of get my kids to be that safe place. Um, open communication is so important to understand their day and just their dynamics. And that way, when they're getting into the car, if something has happened, as a parent, your spidey senses can go up and you're able to help guide them, you know, is what they're talking about a problem? Is it not a problem? And just knowing intimately what their life is like and what their day-to-day -day dynamics are really helps. Yeah, I think that's really key. Communication in the end of the day is really important. And then coming up with a plan and moving forward and acknowledging that it's hard. And this is a hard conversation. It can even be hard for us sometimes, right? Um, but at school, I talk to students about what it means to be an upside, uh, upstander or bystander and what kindness means. We work on iMessages so students can really learn how to communicate about what they're feeling and what they need out of a situation. And at the end of the day, if those don't work, um, talk to a trusted adult because we are here to help the students as well when things happen on campus and then they can go home and talk to their parent too. Um, but in the end of the day, we have to also remind ourselves that we can give ourselves grace. Um, we might not always know how to handle every situation exactly, um, but to trust our gut and just support our kiddos as parents, as staff members, and to help navigate through these tough times. Yeah, I think the support framework that we build both among our school environment and our home are so crucial. I love what Carrie said about creating a place and a time to connect with our scholars. And as a parent of a third grader, a kindergartner, and a preschooler, I know life can be really busy. And for all those parents out there, all the families that Maybe you're balancing um, multiple jobs or different obligations. I just want to commend you for uh, putting forth the effort to really connect with your scholars, to connect with your students. Um, one thing for us in our home that we have tried, and you know, sometimes we're better at it than others, is we just try and make the dinner table or a mealtime a great place to connect so that even though our schedule might be really busy, there's a place where our kids can kind of think of as home base to be able to share what their feelings were that day. We often go through a high and a low of our day and it helps us to just kind of recalibrate and connect with one another. So I would say if you are finding that your family is really busy, just take a bite-sized piece. Maybe try and designate one meal in a week where you know that you can kind of come to the table and sit and connect and, you know, from there, build that foundation, build that connection time. Um, even things like, uh, you know, we put our kids to bed, finding a moment just to connect with them right before they lay their head on their pillow so that they're starting um, the next day fresh and ready to go and feel like they've connected with you. Any one of those are great. But I think 
both the importance of the home and connecting there and the school environment where we can partner so key to that and, and making a place for them. And, you know, we try and create environments. Oh, Patricia, I think, go ahead and jump on there. Yeah, it looks like you had something to say. Um, so, yeah, listening is uh, crucial and not passing judgment can be very valuable. I know when I see students here in my office, a lot of times it's like they really just want to be heard. And, and sometimes whatever is going on at the time, they just aren't feeling heard. And, you know, they, they tend to become very vulnerable when they come in into my office and they speak to me and, you know, just expressing, you know, what's going on and, you know, why they think this happened and, and just really getting to the to the bottom of it and just really listening without that judgment piece, just listening to what they have to say. Is, is extremely valuable. Yeah, it's great because it gives a chance for us to validate that they felt a certain way, that they had a perspective on a situation. Now, Patricia and I, whenever we sit with students, um, it's important for us to help them have tools to work through conflict. And so one of the ways that we do that at Kairos Public Schools is we've started to introduce restorative justice practices in which scholars can sit in the same room in a safe environment, uninterrupted by one another, uninterrupted by um, any leaders that are helping facilitate and just take turns sharing their side of what happened, who was impacted by the situation. And a lot of times that moment just to sit and face one another and talk to one another in a safe environment helps them to turn the filter into, oh, I'm, I'm actually hearing the other party from their perspective. And it's amazing how that can actually restore the situation simply because we were able to stop in the midst of everything that was going on and hear the other side of it. And we've seen uh, multiple times where we've sat down with scholars in conflict, being able to finally just understand where the other was coming from and, and, and to move forward with that. And I think the important part of that is also a great lesson learned for us in that in the home sometimes, we also need to take a moment to stop. And I would say as a parent, it's important for me to sometimes recognize that there are situations where maybe when I'm talking to my daughters, I need to stop and apologize to them as well. Um, there's a, a phenomenon known as rupture and repair. And in that, that means that something isn't together the way that it was. And we want to acknowledge it first and then take the steps to actually repair it and make a situation right. And so whether it's in your home or whether it's in our school environment or ideally in both, it's a great opportunity for us to bring resolution to conflict and to ultimately move forward with better understanding of one another as well. And John, I think that's so great because you're modeling such good behaviors for your kiddos of when they find themselves in these conflicts. And I think this is also a perfect segue because we've been talking about how to support our children in the home. Um, but I also know that our families and our parents are probably wanting to know what does responding to bullying and conflict look like at Cairo? So Patricia and John, what are your thoughts on how we're doing this in the school setting? Um, so definitely in the school setting, we, we have accountability measures that we follow and we have specific guidelines. But we, we also want parents to understand that there is school confidentiality and we can't always divulge information. And I know it's hard because they always want like, you know, well, what consequence was issued to the other person or you know, who was the other person? And, you know, we just, we can't, you know, speak to that. 
But our general follow-up procedures are, you know, we do it, we launch an investigation, we truly listen to both parties involved. Um, we gather witness statements and, and talk to students that were um, noted as witnesses. And from that gathering of evidence piece, then we decide, you know, what's the next best course of action. And it could be anything from, you know, a recess or lunch detention. It might be an after-school detention. It might be what we call our stop, which is student timeout, where they are basically in an in-house suspension type environment. Uh, could be out-of-school suspension and ultimately worse, dismissal from the school. Um, but we definitely try to employ those report restorative justice practices as part of that process as well to really get kids to to talk about, you know, to talk it out, to understand each other's perspective and each other's side, and and we kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. And I would just to add to what Patricia was saying, you know, we do our best to create an environment where our scholars can communicate well with one another, and sometimes there's just so much emotion and perhaps some behaviors that have repeated that sometimes the best solution is simply just asking them to take a pause from relating to one another so that they can get to a better place where with maturity, they can interact again as well. So I wouldn't say that there is a catch-all or a magic wand. We all wish that we had that so that conflict could be resolved in a moment. But we do have a whole set of parameters that help us to provide general guidelines And then we take each situation case by case with our scholars. I've, I've had experience um, with exactly what Patricia was talking about as a parent um, and what John's talking about too. I do always try to let my children handle conflict when they've come home and talked about things. And I try to have them do it on their own first. Um, Sometimes it's just supporting a friend that maybe they've seen be a target of name calling I've had them talk, you know, hey, talk to your teacher in class. Um, I've even had them request meetings with Ms. Hannerman herself or go in and speak to Hobbs. But I have, however, bypassed my children when I felt uncomfortable with a particular situation. And I've had to go as a parent to talk to admin. And I was no longer, oh, it's Ms. Peterson, a staff member. I was literally, it was this weird kind of I was just this parent and um, it was just the facts and they took, they listened and they heard me and I felt heard and they honored, you know, they, I didn't want my child to be, my child was worried like, oh mom, you know, don't, don't say that I told you, I don't want, you know, I don't want them to say, you know, I'm a narc or whatever. I don't want to get in trouble. And cause kids do get scared and parents, I think get nervous. They don't want to come forward sometimes with concerns. But it really, that confidentiality is huge and it really is a thing and your child is honored and they it's discreet and they will listen to your concerns and they will follow up and they will do that whole investigation piece and things just do magically start happening. And as a parent, I was able to kind of express my, conter- my concerns and then sit back and just watch and I was very happy with how the situation was handled. So if things are happening as a parent, really don't be afraid. Go and speak and have a meeting with John or Ms. Hobbs and express your concerns because it's important to know that you're going to be heard and that your kids are safe. And I think that is amazing that you have both of those 
perspectives, Carrie. You have the parent side, you have the advisor side, but having your kiddos here, you can really speak on what that looks like from a parent's perspective. And I think that's amazing that we have you joining us here today so that you can speak to that. On the counseling level, I'm also always here to help support students and parents. I have parents reach out to me all the time to help support, and I'm always here to support, listen to the parents, and then also listen to the kiddos. Um, counseling is also confidential, so I will work through those conflicts. Um, sometimes I'll hold like mediations and I'll reach out that I checked in, um, but what we speak about is confidential as well. But I meet with students for individual counseling, group counseling, guidance lessons. Um, I, like I said, I try to help resolve the conflict before it escalates, but I also sometimes go to admin and I'm like, this is a little above my head. Can we partner and work together on how we can resolve this situation? So we really try to work as a team with counseling and admin and counseling and parents. And we just try to work as a team to do what's best for the scholars. And um, we do our best with that. <laughs> You know, I think we're always striving to improve not only the practicalities of how we can follow up and respond, um, but also in what needs to be implemented in a given season. Carrie, I appreciate your partnership because the thing that will never fail is we always need parent partnership in um, managing conflict, but also in just helping to equip our scholars. That's part of what Kairos Public Schools is about, is empowering the generation, uh, people who can uh, critically think and thoughtfully interact. And so that's just part of creating that culture. From another practical standpoint, one of the tools that Kairos Public Schools is beginning to implement is a new emergency management system. And you might be asking, now, what does that have to do with bullying? Well, this platform called Catapult EMS, our emergency management system, is both a way for us to communicate among our team and with the city and with PD in a way that allows if there is an emergency on site, um, whether it be at our KISP facility or whether it be on site at Elm, um, that they have the tools to do that. But there's also a component that we're pretty excited about, and that's uh, a part that will allow for um, reporting of bullying. And it's a 24-hour system where someone can just go into the Catapult website or the app and be able to indicate something that they witnessed or something that they experienced, and that would actually be directly relay to our administrators, and then we'll follow up um, if we're not in session during that day, probably the next day, or as soon as we can immediately. But it is one of the new tools that will allow for the reporting of any bullying incident and, and anonymity if required, if desired for that. So we're excited for those new tools to also be developed. Because I think as Carrie was saying, sometimes our scholars are at a place where they don't want to be identified as the one speaking up about something. And so we, we do want to create channels for them to also feel protected in this situation as well. So that's just one tool. Yeah, and along with that, we do um, document um, reported incidences of bullying in our student information system. So that way, anybody who has access to it on the admin team can you know, like let's say I'm not on campus for the day and John's meeting with a student, he can go back into their historical record and, and see some incidences and things like that. You know, we're really working hard to, to build that Kairos culture of kindness and community. We've always been a small, tight-knit community, um, which is great, but also it has its hiccups too because we are so tight and close that, you know, kids have 
<laughs> that relationship with each other where they know each other really, really, really well, um, you know, because they've been with each other, you know, by the time they're in eighth grade, they've been together for, you know, nine, 10 plus years if they started with us in TK. And so they've been around these students for a very, very long time. And sometimes that can be taxing as some kids grow and they grow apart and maybe they were friends and, and now they're not. And just, you know, being able to help them navigate um, through those with the support and help of um, the admin team, counseling, peers, um, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I think this podcast is coming at a really good time. As we're recording, it is Kindness Week at Kairos. And we're really promoting how students can be kind to one another and how if we start with that, maybe we'll see less of these conflict and bullying instances take place. In addition to Kindness Week, we also in the fall have what's called Start with Hello Week, um, and that comes from the Sandy Hook Promise Foundation of really making sure that we make all students feel included in our culture and in our community. Um, So that way no one has to feel that hurt and that pain and they can feel included and, again, bringing kindness and community to the forefront. And then in October, we also always make sure that we celebrate Anti-Bullying Day um, and really that motto of if you see something, say something and be an upstander um, because we want our students to also be leaders. And that's what, what we here at Kairos want to build is that leadership quality um, that's founded in kindness and community. And I think that's always the end goal. And I know, Patricia, our middle schoolers um, have what's called scholar ambassadors, and they're really big advocates of that. Do you want to speak to that a little bit more? Yeah, we currently have on site our scholar ambassador program, which are middle school students, and they t- you know they work with uh, elementary students and they do presentations in class, and you know they're the ones spearheading the kindness week and, and making sure that they're promoting kindness and going into the classrooms and speaking about kindness. Um, we also have a great opportunity that's coming up here in a couple of weeks where we got a grant um, where we're going to be expanding on our scholar ambassador program. Um, utilizing what's called a safe school ambassadors program. It's a nationwide thing that they you work with schools to help develop, um, you know, where the students themselves can help with some of those name calling and peer mediation, um, things like that. We also really encourage, you know, positive behaviors by using model patriots that students can earn in the Lower grades, I know a lot of them use like Class Dojo and other reward systems for fifth through eighth grade. We use a live school, which is an earn points based thing where they can earn rewards. So we're just really trying to push that positivity and that culture of kindness and community um, within the Kairos environment. That's awesome. I love that we have uh, modes to also uh, displace a culture that could be negative and, and replace it with the culture that we all know and love in Kairos. Well, Betsy, Patricia, Marissa, and Carrie, thank you so much for all of your insight today, for who you are, for our scholars and our Patriot families as well. And thank you, everyone, for joining us on this podcast. We hope you will return for other installments of Parrot University on our community podcast. And we've also um, linked some resources to help equip you with practical tools to stop bullying and to create a culture of kindness And in the meantime, until our next episode, feel free to reach out to us between now and then for the next session. Anytime for follow-up. We'd love to help you, and thanks for joining us.